0: Of Ezekiel chapter 2 the eat the scroll and give the warning chapter 2 verse 1 and he said to me son of man stand on your feet and I will speak to you and the spirit entered me when he spoke to me and he set me on my feet and I heard him who spoke to me and so God is speaking to uh, to Eli- Ezekiel and uh, tell him to rise up so he can Speak to him and commune with him, and he, God's Spirit enters in. The Holy Spirit, the Ruach, enters in to Ezekiel. Some people, for some reason, don't think that uh, the, the the Ruach Hakodesh, the Holy Spirit, uh, wasn't born until sometime in the Book of Acts. Uh, that he was just kind of, you know, lost somewhere, hiding somewhere, in uh, incubation somewhere, or something. And uh, But right from the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, he's there, hovering over the, the earth, and we see him all throughout the scriptures, and here uh, as well, entering into people, moving upon their hearts and minds, and using them for their for his and glory. And we see here, we'll see in this chapter, uh, the gifts of the Spirit manifested through Ezekiel, just as they are in other parts of the Bible, and the reason for God's giving of his spirit. And he said to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. For they are imp- imp- impudent? Impudent. All right. Impudent and impudent. Impudent? Impudent. Okay. Impudent. <laughs> Impudent and stubborn children, okay. And uh, so here he says, Son of Man sending you to the children of Israel, which is interesting because the, tr- the tribes, the 10 tribes that were known as the nation of Israel, that uh, was around for close to 400 years, had been taken captive by the Assyrians over 100 years or so before this and dispersed and so God is saying, Go to them, speak to them. And so, no doubt, many of them were in the area of Babylon where uh, Ezekiel was. And also, the nation of Israel applied not only to them, but obviously, here he's also uh, incorporating the original, back in David, in Solomon's time, Israel as a whole, as far as the 12 tribes, and then Levi as well, 13 tribes in that sense. So, God's message is to all of them, but obviously they were still around at that time, and, uh, and God was still reaching out to them, and we see them, we see them, uh, various people from the various tribes uh, popping up at various different places in the scriptures, and so obviously when they come back to Israel, uh, many of the children of the 10 tribes come back as well. I am sending you to them, and you shall say, thus says the Lord God, As for them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. And so he says, I'm putting my spirit in you, and I'm sending you to them. And that's one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit, is to send us to go forth as God's representative with the gifts and talents that he blesses us with through his his spiritual gifts, so that they can be used in ministering to others. And so he says, I'm sending you to them, and whether they listen or not, that's irrelevant. Doesn't matter. I want them to know that a prophet has been among them. And if that fulfills God's purpose, if that's all that gets fulfilled, that's all that counts. Even if no one comes to the Lord as a result, even if no one's saved as a result, it doesn't matter Because what needed to be done, and same today, is that it be known that there is a God in heaven who rules over the affairs of this earth and that he has people or even a person on this earth that's willing to speak for him. And so in the days of Noah, even though only Noah and his family got into the ark, and even that's an accomplishment, I know many families who say that not all their children are following the Lord. And so at least uh, Noah and his children and His sons and his daughter-in-laws got into the boat with him, and that's, again, a wonderful accomplishment, praise God. But even if no one else, and since no one else was willing to go in with him, God still accomplished his goal of letting there be a testimony, letting there be a witness, letting there be a light to the world in the body of Noah. And so that's what he's saying to Ezekiel. Whether they listen or don't listen, I'm not promising you anything, but nonetheless, you go forth and you speak for me. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns are with you, and you dwell among scorpions, do not be afraid of their words or dismayed by their looks, though they are a rebellious house. And so the same for us too. In whatever setting we are men, we might be among thorns and briars and scorpions, maybe sometimes in our own household, Maybe at work, maybe at school, maybe in our class setting, maybe in our community. And it seems like just everything is against us, and it's just no matter what we do, no matter where we go, it's just like trying to get out of a briar patch and just getting cut up all over the place. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, they slash at you and uh, cut you and cut you down and berate you and talk badly about you. Nonetheless... God calls us to stand for him and to stand as a witness as a light for him. Don't be dismayed by their looks. Don't be dismayed by what they say and what they communicate. That doesn't matter. Cuz it's not about them. It's all about God. It's all about God having a witness on the earth. So that in the end in judgment day, no one will be without an excuse. Verse 7, you shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And this is for us. This is for each one of us. And so for, for us, whether we're an individual in our community and the only one standing there, the only one in our class, the only one in our grade, the only one in our workplace, the only one in our home, or even as a community together, a vast minority among all that are around us, and that's in this city, and if we think of this country, and if we think of this world, our percentages just dwindle and dwindle and dwindle, and we are really like one amongst them all as believers following the word of God. And God says, regardless, it doesn't matter. Whether they hear or not, speak God's word. That's what's important. We are not to be rebellious. Even if they're rebellious, even if the rest of the world loses their minds and changes their morals and changes what their standards, week by week and month by month, we need to stay by the word of God. And if everyone else changes and vacillates, like changing shirts, doesn't matter. We stick by the word of God. The word of God is sure. The word of God is true. God wants to put his words into our mouth and open his mouth towards him. Jeremiah who lived during this time, God touched his tongue. God's now going to touch Ezekiel as well. We can pray for God to open our mouths, put his word and put his spirit into us that we may go forth with boldness. That's what the disciples prayed after Yeshua's death and burial and resurrection. They prayed for boldness to be able to share God's word among a people that just killed the Messiah. We need that kind of boldness. To be without fear, regardless of what they say, we need to speak the word of God. I saw a hand stretched out to me with a scroll of a book, and he spread it out before me, and there was writing on the inside and on the outside, and written on it were lamentations and mourning and woe. God's giving Ezekiel a message to give to these people. A message of warning for this world, for that world, and God's giving us a message of warning for this world. And God's messages are not all just peaches and honey, a lot of it's lamentations and mourning and woe. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what you find, eat this scroll, and go and speak to the house of Israel. And so I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that scroll. And he said, Son of man, feed your belly and feed your stomach with the scroll that I give you. So I ate, and it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. Now that's interesting. He eats it in Revelation, similar thing. John eats the scroll, and it's sweet to his taste, but bitter to his belly. Here it doesn't mention it being bitter in his belly, but he mentions sweet as honey to his Taste, puts his word in his mouth. And that's why when we march the Torah, that's why we taste and see that the Lord is good. God's word is sweet like honey to our mouths. And that's the symbolism that's taking place there. Lord, put your word into my mouth. Right, We're not kissing the Torah. We're receiving from the Torah. We're receiving the sweetness of the word of God. And so it's the symbolism and we should be praying, Lord, put your word into my mouth. Just like it's happening here. Put your words on my lips. Enter into me. Give me your spirit. You are the living word. Yeshua said, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. so it's taking him into us. Just as God's spirit entered into Ezekiel. It's taking him and tasting him. Our taste buds, sensing him, experiencing him. Letting God live in us and out of us and through us. So here it's sweet to Ezekiel. But what do you see written on it? Lamentations, mourning, and woes. Now what's so sweet about that? Well, I don't know what's so sweet about that, but but it's lamentations, mourning, and woes to those who are rebellious in heart. But God's word is sweetness to those that are walking in God's word. So it's sweet to Ezekiel. The blessings are there. With the commandments, they're sweet. He loves God's word. He loves God's law. He loves to walk in God's ways because his heart is in harmony with God, because he's had a renewed heart, because he's surrendered his life to the Lord. He's received God's forgiveness and cleansing through the coming Messiah. And he's received God's spirit. And so his heart is in harmony with God because God's spirit is within him. And so he loves the, the rebukes and the warnings don't bother him. You know, when we give a message, or someone gives a message, or we read something, or you read something to someone, or you write something to someone, it only bothers them when there's conviction. Someone talks about being faithful to some certain area of the word of God. And those that are faithful in that area... They're like, amen, yes, okay, wonderful. That was a great servant, because they're in harmony with it. Those who are not in harmony with that area in their life that have a problem with it, try and find excuses, and that's, that's God's Spirit convicting us of what area we're not in harmony with the Word of God. And so it's mourning and lamentation and woes to us when we're disobedient. So the same words... The same Ten Commandments. When we're walking in harmony, it's sweet. And when we're in disobedience to it, it's lamentations and mourning and woe. So the the same with the whole Word of God. It all depends on the partaker of it and the condition of our heart. And so when we look at the Word of God, if it seems negative to us and, and a burden to us, God's word says his ways are not burdensome. So if it seems burdensome to us, it's because our heart is not right. We're trying to walk in our own ways. We're trying to walk in our own strength. And we just need to surrender to God. We just need to come to God and say, God, take out my heart. Take out my heart of stone. Take out my carnal heart. Take out my resistant heart. Take out my natural heart that is enmity against you and give me your heart. Give me your spirit. And he does the exchange, does the transformation, births us anew, gives us that new heart, new mind, new life. And then we walk joyfully by his spirit, empowering us to stand up and to walk and to speak and to warn without fear with no fear, regardless of their faces, regardless of their expressions, regardless of their words, regardless if they receive it or not receive it. It doesn't matter. It's as though they are a rebellious house. It doesn't matter. Their response has nothing to do with our job. Our job is to give the message. You can imagine a salesperson just gets paid just for giving the message. No one ever buys. <laughs> But he gave the message, and they give him a paycheck anyway. For years and years and years, no one ever buys. The job was just to tell. God just tells us to tell. He said, son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. That's the critical part. If the salesperson is not giving the sales pitch that was given to them by the company in the way that they said to present it, and he's talking and talking and talking and not making any sales. He won't make it long. But it's God's word. It's not just witnessing, it's not just preaching, it's not just telling other people. It needs to be God's word, empowered by God's spirit. And when done correctly, Humbly before God, surrendering to God, letting God move in us, and speaking God's word in a loving way, in a burden and concern for them. Not merely as a rebuke and correction, but for restoration and for healing and for help and for hope. For concern for their salvation with a love. That puts them first. A love like Yeshua had for us. Who left heaven to come down for us. Who cared more about us than about himself. Who willingly took our sins upon himself. So that we might be saved. When God gives us that type of love. Then we're ready to speak. Then we're ready to witness then we're ready to give the message, God's message, God's word. Because we can read God's word. We can email and Facebook and put God's word out there with the wrong spirit, with a wrong attitude, with wrong motives. Either self-pious or holier than they or just to prove them wrong. Make a point and puff ourselves up as so smart, wiser than them, or just to put them down, or. And it's not the Spirit of the Lord. But when we love them with a desire for their salvation, so much so that if possible, if God would allow it, we'd be willing to give up our seat. In heaven. That's what Yeshua did. He died the second death for us. He willingly gave up heaven for eternity. If that's what it took. We see Moses pray that way. Paul pray that way. God didn't take them up on it. And God resurrected Yeshua. Yeshua. But Yeshua is willing to stay in the grave for eternity if that's what it took. Now we can't have that kind of love naturally. You can't just manifest that. You can't just make that up. But God can give us that as we surrender all to him and he gives us his spirit. And when we have that and God's word is power in the message, whether they receive it or not, doesn't mean everyone's going to receive it. Doesn't mean we're going to buy a football stadium and convert it into, a, 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 you know, services. But it's God's will then. It's God's message then. when we're doing it by God's spirit with love and speaking his word. Because there's a lot of people out there, a lot of YouTubes, a lot of email, a lot of websites, a lot of posts, a lot of stuff, preaching a lot of stuff. That's not the word of God. It has to be in harmony with the word of God. That's crucial. So God's spirit, which means with God's heart, with God's love, and God's word. Not just a portion, but the whole word of God. A harmony of the word of God. You are not sent to a people of unfamiliar speech or of hard language whose words you cannot understand but to the house of Israel. Had I sent you to many people of unfamiliar speech they would have listened to you. So we don't have to go to some foreign country to be a missionary. We're going to be a missionary right here in this town. God says I'm not sending you Ezekiel to some foreign place. I'm sending you among the people there. I'm not sending you to the Babylonians to preach. I'm sending you to your own people that are there in Babylon with you. God calls us to be missionaries. God doesn't want to just put his spirit and his word into just prophets, into everyone. As Moses said, I wish everybody had the spirit of God. Wish all the congregation had God's spirit. God wants to give us, all of us, His Spirit, for all of us to speak His Word and to go forth. And we don't, again, have to be looking far to do it. It Might be the person who sits next to you at work or at school, or the person who lives next to you, the person who picks up your garbage, the person who delivers your mail. God can make us a light to everyone we come in contact with. People at the store. That's who he sent us to. To shine here and now. But I sent you to the house of Israel, but the house of Israel will not listen to you because they will not listen to me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Did I get that right that time. Yeah, impudent. 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 Alright, well, who makes this stuff up? Anyway. <laughs> And hard-hearted. Regardless, God sent them anyway. He says you're not going to listen. But go anyway. Sometimes God has us do stuff. doesn't make sense. But go anyway. Do it anyway. And then don't be offended when they say no. And they reject us. If we have God's spirit, and we're speaking God's word in love, whether they receive it or not is not our issue. This true story uh, two different salespeople, realtors, going knocking on doors, trying to raise some business, trying to find someone who wants to sell their house. So they see a sign for sale. One guy sees a sign for sale. It says, house for sale by owner. So he goes up and knocks on the door. I'm a realtor, I might be able to help you sell your house better, faster, by using a realtor than trying to sell it on your own. I know the sign's been out there for a while. And the person just goes up and down, berating realtors, and I don't need you, and I know this house better than you do, and I've lived here for this long, and, and I can sell it better than you can, and not, you don't need, I don't need to give you your commission, and, uh, and take my money away just to do nothing, just to put your sign out there, and unhappy as could be. Slams the door. That person gets in his car, drives down the road, finds a donut shop, goes inside, and has a little pity party. (laughs) Sits there for the next several hours, thinking, I hate this job. Nobody likes me. Nobody wants me. Nobody wants me to show their homes. Nobody cares about me. I'm horrible. The world is horrible. All these people are horrible. That lady was horrible. And just sit there for hours and hours and just get worse and worse and worse. A few hours later, someone else goes and knocks on that door, another realtor, knocks on that same door. Says the same thing. The lady says the same thing. Goes through the whole thing with her, with him. He walks away, gets in his car. And he says, that poor lady... Must be so unhappy. And he drives down the road, finds another house, and goes and knocks on that door. The first one, who had the problem? The realtor. And the second one, who had the problem? The homeowner. Yeah. God calls us to go forth. And whether they receive it or not, it's not about you. It's not about me they don't want the word of God, that's their problem. Our job is to get, let them know that God has a people on this earth who are willing to follow him and willing to share his love with others. I've made your face strong against their faces and your forehead strong against their foreheads. Like adamant stone, harder than flint, I have made your forehead... So God, stiff neck to hard forehead. (laughs) Button our heads against them. Sometimes it's like that. Like you're hitting your head against the wall. God calls us to go and to stand firm and to not compromise, not yield, not change just because they don't like it, just because they don't want it, just because it seems hard to them, just because it's a lamentation, And a woe to them, mourning to them. But when their hearts are changed, it'll be gladness and joy. Sweetness like honey. Do not be afraid of them, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they are a rebellious house. Don't let the looks get to you. Don't let the threats get to you. Don't let the numbers get to you. doesn't matter. They've been missionaries who've gone overseas and have preached their whole life. Hardly see a convert at all. Till after they're dead. And some tracts that they left or some books that they left or some Bibles that they left finally bear fruit. Our job is to give the message. Regardless of their faces, regardless of their reactions. He said to me, Son of man, receive into your heart all my words that I speak to you and hear with your ears. Third time, all the words of God. God's word. That's what we need to take in. That's what we need to receive in. In a balanced way, in a loving way, and let it shine forth out. Not being rude, not being pushy, not being obnoxious. Sometimes just living it. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. But live it out anyway. Walking God's word. Walking God's truth. Go get to the captives, to the children of your people, and speak to them and tell them, thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or whether they refuse. That's the message of this chapter. Chapter 2 and the beginning of chapter 3. Give the message. They're not going to listen. Give it anyway. Whether they hear or not, give the message. Give the message. Give the message. Leave the results with God. Trust in him. It's not for us to judge. It's not for us to just go looking for easy fruit. But to give the message. To the people near at hand, all around us, to share God's truth. So, as we pray, if you're needing God's Spirit in your life, you're needing God's power in your life. Maybe God's Word is not sweet to you, it's not like honey to you. Maybe it's been a burden, maybe it's been a chore. Maybe hearing the Word of God just is not exciting to you. Reading the word of God is not something you enjoy. It just shows us our heart. Following the word of God might be following because you feel you have to, but it's not joyful. And surrender that and let God's heart, let God's spirit come in. And let God give us a joy and sweetness in his word. God's word's been a lamentation, a woe, and misery. Surrender that to the Lord let him transform your heart and give you his spirit. Secondly, if you've been witnessing and telling others about God, but God's convicting you, it hasn't been with the right spirit, it hasn't been with love, it hasn't been with kindness, you want to give that to the Lord and receive his forgiveness, receive God's spirit, receive God's heart that's willing to die for others willing to give ourselves for them, to give all for them, give up our place in heaven for them, and surrender all to them, to the Lord for them, for their sake. And when we pray in a moment, you can give that to the Lord and ask for God to give you his heart, his spirit, his truth, his love, his mercy, his sacrifice. Thirdly, if you've been afraid, maybe there's someone you're afraid of telling. Maybe a boss or someone in a position that can negatively influence you. You're fearful of their faces. You're fearful of their reaction. Or maybe you've prejudged and said, they'll never listen. They're never going to want it. They're going to throw that card away. They're going to throw that information away. They're going to throw it back in my face. They're going to mock me. They're going to talk badly about me. And you want to surrender that to the Lord. Surrender the fear. And to go forth by God's strength. With God's boldness. With tact. And right timing. And when we pray, let's ask God to give us that boldness. We need that wisdom for every individual case. Every individual situation. Every individual person we meet. It's different for every time. So we need God's spirit and God's wisdom and God's grace. We need God's boldness. So if that applies to you, I think that should apply to us every day. So as we pray, we can ask for God's spirit to come upon us and, and give us that boldness to speak his word in season and out of season in the right way. And then I forget if we're up to 5th or whatever. If we've been maybe preaching, but not all the Word of God. We haven't eaten all the Word of God. We've just been speaking from our own mind. Speaking from our own opinion. Or speaking just a portion of the Word of God. You want to give the whole Word of God. You want to receive the whole Word of God. You want to eat God's Word. Open your mouth and let God fill it. Let God fill your belly. Maybe you've just been eating a little bit. Just snacking. On God's word. Ezekiel he opened his mouth and God filled his belly. We need to be filled with the word of God. Till it overflows just naturally in our lives. Loving and kind. Caring. Respectful. Patient. Long-suffering. Merciful. Sacrificial. Giving. And as we pray. Let's ask God to give us that spirit and that power to eat the word of God and love the word of God. You know, sharing should be an easy thing. If any of us have experienced anything, if you bought something and, hey, it was great, a great product, you might type in a review and put that online. You might want to tell someone else who has that need or that interest. I had a planter's ward on my foot. Couldn't get rid of it for months. It was very painful. I found an amazing simple solution. Duct tape. It's amazing. (laughs) Found it accidentally. And it went away. In two weeks. I was in pain for months. Hard walking, dancing, the whole thing. It was horrible. Put duct tape on. Two weeks, it was gone. Next time I heard someone had a problem, I wanted to tell them. (laughs) When we have the word of God, it gives us salvation and joy Happiness and peace. We want to share that with other people and tell the world. Maybe we're not telling because we're not experiencing the healing and the joy and the power of God's word. Really, that's the only reason. Because when we're really experiencing it, we can't hold it in. It's impossible to hold it in. When we're experiencing God's spirit in our life, he just flows out. We just got to tell someone. I remember one time, I, I an early believer in the Lord, and, and I went to, to Bible college. And uh, after a few weeks there, I was sitting with some friends, and I said, I just got the shakes. And they said, What's wrong? I said, I said, There's nobody here to witness to. I started telling this person, they said, Yeah, I know that. I started telling this person, they said, I know that. I told this person, I said, no, I got to tell somebody. <laughs> And so we went and started a street ministry. We went downtown and just started telling people in the street. You get the shakes. You just can't hold it in. Got to tell somebody who doesn't know about the Lord. But too often we just like to sit among ourselves. We'll sit at Bible study for hours and hours and just tell the same stories to the same people, like talking to a mirror. But when we have the Spirit of God. We'll want to tell someone who doesn't know. we won't want, just want to. We'll have to. And if that's not been our experience, or maybe it was our experience at one time, but it's not our experience today, let us pray for God's spirit to come upon us and to empower us and compel us forth to go to the world. Let us pray together. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful that it's sweet to our lips, to our mouths. Fill us with your word. Fill us with your truth. All the word. Your whole word. And fill us up to overflowing. Fill our bellies so that it flows out. And minister in us and through us. And meet our needs in whatever area applied to us or some other area. Work your spirit in each of our lives individually. And go before us to those that you want us to speak to. And begin to move upon their hearts and minds and soften them. So that they might receive it. Or at least have the opportunity. In Yeshua's holy name. Amen.